Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now it's time for Zodiac Killer Files by Michael Butterfield. Okay, welcome back. And now we have uh, a little Zodiac segment here coming up with uh, Michael Butterfield. How are you doing today? All right, how are you? Oh, I'm surviving. I'm back. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now, um, Zodiac. Um, so did you like the show? Did you listen to the show with uh, uh, Morph? Yes, yes, I did. There's a lot of interesting topics to discuss there. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it turned out. Um, better than I thought. I mean, I wasn't uh, there. I was sick, so Kevin was doing it. But uh, uh, so, bottom line, is there anything really new coming out of this, or um, you know what I'm trying to say? Is, have we got something? Have we got some new information on Zodiac? Well, you know, it's always a, a interesting question because new information, when you, when you say that, you have to wonder, who is it new for? <laughs> is it new for the researchers who've been immersed in this for years, or is it new to the public? And I think that there are some things that are sort of newish for uh, the unexperienced listeners. But I think for the most part, unfortunately, because there is not a lot of new information that comes out, we tend to rehash a lot of the same old information. Now, there are some things that have come out over the years, you know, uh, people who have discovered possible influences of Zodiac, such as comic books. Uh, there was a comic book that had a, um, uh, a wheel of death on it where it said something like, buy a knife, buy fire, buy a rope, and that kind of thing. And there was a similar message in a Zodiac letter um, the uh, fact that one of the Zodiac letters mentions using a gun with a light taped to the barrel, and some of the language in that Zodiac letter seems to be reminiscent of uh, dialogue from an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Those kinds of little things have sort of eked out over the years, and there are some new and, inf new and interesting bits of information about that, but for the most part, there isn't any big news. And, and and one thing that uh, come up in the in the show was and and it's kind of going on all over is about the suspects. Um, mm -hmm. th there's always a a big list of suspects, and and it seems to be growing. And and now 
there's always new shows coming out. To find some sort of link between them and then proceed to find the person who committed the crime. But if the killer didn't know the victims, if the victims were selected at random, and that is what the evidence appears to indicate, then the traditional means of looking for the suspect are not going to help you. So in the Zodiac case, you're talking about a situation where there isn't a lot to go on. There isn't a lot to help you start a search for a suspect. So the odds that you're going to find a viable suspect are fairly low. So you're basically telling people that there's not much they can do as an amateur sleuth. But amateur sleuths don't like to hear that. So they have to find some way to get involved. And the way that they think is best to get involved is to look for the Zodiac killer. And because there isn't a lot of tangible evidence to glom onto someone with, the bar gets lowered very low, and it basically becomes just, does anybody have an idea of who the suspect is? And then that suspect, if they gets enough attention in the media, that person now becomes an official suspect, when in fact, you know, most law enforcement don't even consider these people suspects at all. Well, that's, again, because there's no actual evidence. Like when you take Edward Wayne Edwards, and I'm picking on that guy now, um, you, you have to tie him to something, you know, with the murder. We have to have some evidence. We can't just say, well, he was alive, he was in California, and he wore glasses like that, and he was a murderer. Uh, he was, but I, like, I, what's there's the, nothing there. Yeah, what's the jump? I mean, because he was a popular murderer because he made TV and blah, blah, blah. But how many murderers were in San Francisco in the 60s? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. I think you may have noticed uh, doing these shows about the Zodiac and other cases, too. One of the things that happens when someone has a Zodiac suspect but they don't have any credible evidence to link them to the Zodiac crimes, they try to make up for that by padding the killer's resume. And so if you say, well, so-and-so was a Zodiac suspect, he lived in the area, you know, he looked like the killer, blah, 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 that doesn't seem convincing enough. So one of the ways to make it seem more convincing is to add more crimes to his career, to his resume, so that instead of saying, well, I think he was the Zodiac and he, you know, Edward, Edward Wayne Edwards was the Zodiac and he killed some of these people, then you start piling on with saying he killed Teresa Hollenbeck in the Stephen Avery case. He killed Lacey Peterson in the Scott Peterson case. He killed John Benet Ramsey. He may have been involved in the Jimmy Hoffa disappearance. You know, you pad the resume so much that it just sounds overwhelming. And I think with Edward Wayne Edwards, you're looking at a situation where, yeah, if you get down to the nitty gritty of what is supposed to be the foundation for the accusation that he's the Zodiac, there's absolutely nothing there. But in order to cover that or to compensate, they add more crimes to his resume. Now it's this big overwhelming thing where he, he must have done something, right? Well, he must have. Yeah. yeah. And I think that people, some people are influenced by that or, or impressed by that, when in reality, I think with many people, including myself, once you start saying that your suspect was involved in the Teresa Hollenbeck murder and Lacey Peterson and John Benet Ramsey. That just destroys any credibility you might have because those are sort of crazy conspiracy theories. 
They're not based on any sound evidence. They're usually just a series of assumptions. And so when we talk about Zodiac suspects, most of the people that you hear about, they're not really Zodiac suspects at all. They're just people that someone has chosen to accuse. And then they have other suspects like Arthur Lee Allen and other people who were legitimate suspects at one time, but there's no credible evidence linking them to the crimes and they were eliminated by fingerprints or handwriting or eyewitnesses or in some cases DNA, even though some of that DNA evidence is questioned. Um, but, you know, somebody like Arthur Lee Allen, we've been talking about him for, what, 30-something years now, and there still is no credible evidence to implicate him in the crimes, but people don't want to accept that if you have a standard for evidence and legitimate accusations against suspects, then we wouldn't be talking about any suspects at all. And that's the problem. That if you take that game away from people, they, they don't know what to do. That's what makes it interesting and fun is the speculation, the, the amateur detective idea that you're going to solve this case. But in the real world, if we're going to talk about credible evidence and, and reality-based uh, accusations and theories, then we would, there wouldn't really be anybody to discuss in the first place. So, so at the moment, um, there isn't any physical evidence against any particular suspect or person right now. Not that I am aware of and not that has been reported. I know that there are some people, you know, there are some theorists who claim that if you take the fingerprint left on the cab belonging to the Zodiac's last victim and you reverse it and then compare it to a, the fingerprint of Gary Stewart's father, Earl Van Best, that it matches. But, you know, that's, that's a, making an assumption that the Zodiac fingerprint was reversed in the first place. And I've never seen any official document saying that that's true. Um, so that is kind of how it works, is there's some people who claim they have physical evidence, especially when it comes to handwriting. You know, it's, apparently it's not very difficult to find a handwriting expert who, in exchange for money, will say that your suspect wrote the Zodiac letters. Some people consider that to be physical evidence. I'm not impressed by it. No, there has to be more. I mean, that can lead you to someone, but there has to be more than that because you're right. Every every uh, so-called writing expert has a, a different opinion, it seems like. It's not, it's not solid enough. And um, I, I'm, just, I'm just sort of confused. So we don't really have. So now the other thing that came up, I know, in the show was, um, oh, the MO differences, right? So the, the different, that seems to be something that comes up over and over, that it couldn't be the same guy because um, the Zodiac killed differently or had a different MO now we know that that doesn't have to be like that's not true that's right and i think you know i think that's a product of uh, pop culture and media is the idea that all serial killers have a rigid pattern that they follow this idea that you know you, you heard about it with ted bundy people would say ted bundy only killed uh women with long brown hair parted in the middle and that's not true <laughs> if you look at the case it's it's not true at all um but I think that because of the way serial killers are depicted in film and television and fiction, we've bought into this idea that they all have a, a, a simple plan, a, a victim selection almost match a certain criteria, 
And therefore, it's easy for us to connect the dots if we follow that pattern. When in reality, you know, especially I mentioned Bundy earlier, if you talk about somebody like Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy, from what we know, began his career, murder, murderous career, by breaking into someone's home, bludgeoning them, in some cases sexually assaulting them, and then leaving them dead. And then that progressed into breaking into a home, bludgeoning someone, taking the victim somewhere else and committing a sexual assault and then committing a murder. And then that it progressed into approaching women on the street with a, a nonsensical false story about needing help carrying your books or something, luring the woman to the car, hitting them over the head, taking them and transporting to another location. Then that changed over time to where by the time Bundy escaped from uh, jail and went to Florida, he was back to breaking into homes, bludgeoning women. Um, then he was abducting little girls off the street. If you looked at that list of crimes, especially back in the 70s when you know, linkage blindness was much more prevalent and the idea of serial killers was still fairly new, you might be tempted to look at that and say, those can't be the same person because the MOs are so different. Some involve breaking into homes, others involve abductions on the street. Um, but the one thing that remains constant in all of those is the bludgeoning of the victim, the sexual assault, the murder, and other aspects of what is known as a signature. That is, the, the things that the killer does during the commission of a crime in order to fulfill some need or some fantasy that will always be present in the crime, even if the method of carrying out the crime is slightly different. So with Zodiac, you have two shootings of couples sitting in lovers' lanes at night. Then you have a stabbing of a couple at a lake recreation area during the day. Then you have the shooting of a cab driver in a residential upscale neighborhood at night. Um, it, it's easy to see how some people might think those crimes are uh, connected. But if you look at the overall picture, there are certain aspects of the crimes which are similar or serve the killer's needs, and you can see a signature of sorts. But it's very difficult for us to look at a killer's crimes and fit them into the kinds of patterns that you see in popular fiction or in film and television, because most people aren't kept in that rigid little box that a writer would create in order to make a killer uh, seem compelling and at the same time easy to understand. You know, I don't know how how much you used to watch old cop shows in the 70s and stuff. But if you watch some show like Starsky and Hutch or something, there would be an episode where somebody's killing uh, women and doing it, you know, putting tin foil on their heads or doing things like that. And then at the end of the episode, they can just pretty much explain to you why he did it. You know, he, he was doing it because of this, and then that's why he did this, and et cetera. When in reality, nothing's that simple. But that's what popular fiction and, and film and television has kind of taught us, the idea that every serial killer can fit into a little box and you can explain why he does what he does. And with the Zodiac, not only do we not know why he did what he did, but we don't have any idea what he was really like as a person. So therefore, it's this blank slate that everybody just projects whatever they want onto it because we don't know the answers. Those uh, pseudo answers are sort of filler. And yeah, and so you know the um, the other thing that um, I noticed there's comments about with the Morph Show was 
something about the age of the um, Zodiac, that he would be too old to kill now. Well, you know, that's possible. We don't know the exact age of the Zodiac. There's speculation that he could have been anywhere from his mid-20s to his mid-40s. So if he was in his mid-20s, he'd be in his, his 70s right now. Now, I don't know about you, but I know some men who are in their mid-70s who are in wheelchairs and walkers and uh, having some cognitive issues and things. And then I also know some men in their late 70s who could kick my butt. So um, I think it's possible that the Zodiac might have been in the younger age range. And, uh, you know, he did use phrase, he did refuse to his, refer to his victims as kids and things, which would indicate that he might have been somewhat older than them. But if the Zodiac was alive today, I don't know that he would still be killing, but we do know that in instances like the BTK Strangler in Wichita, when he was captured, he was apparently in the process of trying to pull off at least one more crime before he quit. Um, but then you get into the issues of, you know, why was the Zodiac committing those crimes in the first place? He may not be experiencing the same pressures or fantasies or other things that he was back then, so there wouldn't be any need to kill. Now, the idea, I think what you're talking about also plays into the idea that the Zodiac must be dead because we haven't heard from him. Um, and that's based on the idea that either he's too old and he must have died off a long time ago, or that he's in a mental institution or that he's in prison for some other crime and stuff. But it all basically boils back to the idea that the Zodiac can't be alive because we haven't heard from him, and the Zodiac was so desperate for attention that there's no way he could have resisted writing a letter during the promotion of the 2007 movie Zodiac or during the promotion of any of these TV shows that have been on. And I think in reality, if you look at the Zodiac's history, especially during the early years, 1969, um, his behavior indicates that he was perfectly capable of ignoring massive media attention because he just didn't feel like commenting on it or for whatever reason. But there are periods throughout the Zodiac episode where the media was going nuts and there was all kinds of speculation linking him to other murders and he did not respond. He did not respond at all when the movie Dirty Harry came out in 1971, which was you know, obviously inspired by the Zodiac. You have a killer named Scorpio who writes letters that look identical to Zodiac letters. Now, the crimes in the movie are slightly different, but um, he, didn't, he was able to resist the urge to respond to that. And I think also people forget that once a serial killer has been quiet for a long time, people do make assumptions that he's dead or he's in prison or other things. A new Zodiac letter would put all of that to rest and immediately relaunch the search for the Zodiac. So if a, a Zodiac letter showed up today and it was authenticated by law enforcement, then that would immediately cancel out every suspect who's dead, like Arthur Lee Allen and, and other people. And then it would also cancel out certain suspects who have alibis or, or things like that. So, 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Zodiac, if he's smart, he probably, if he is alive and he is smart, he's probably sitting there and watching somebody like the BTK Strangler who comes out of hiding after 25 years and writes a letter and immediately gets arrested and put in prison um, and thinking, I don't want that to happen to me. So he's smart enough not to come back, not to relaunch the investigation, and to let people think that it is one of these other named suspects, because a new letter would change everything. And I also think, too, that people think that the Zodiac, if he is alive, that he still wants to do those kinds of things. And it's perfectly possible that he may have just burned out as some serial killer experts have speculated with other killers that he may have just burned out at a certain point and didn't particularly want to do that anymore. One of the last suspected Zodiac letters from 1974 um, referred to a possible suicide in a, a quote from the Gilbert and Sullivan musical of Mikado. And some people have thought that that was a sort of a, um, a, a figurative suicide, a, abandoning of the Zodiac persona because the killer had decided to move on. Those letters in 1974 didn't use the name Zodiac, so some people think that he had grown tired of that persona and moved on to something else. 
So it is possible that he committed other crimes without using the, the Zodiac name, but the idea that he must be dead or in prison or something because we haven't heard from him isn't really based on sound evidence or uh, his his own history. It's more of an assumption, and I think it's an assumption that people make because it makes me feel better. You know, the idea that, well, he, he has to be gone, right? He can't still be around. He could still be around. He could be somebody's grandfather. He could be your next-door neighbor. We just don't know, and until somebody is actually able to identify him, we'll never know. Yeah, he could be Edward Wayne Edwards. <laughs> oh, he's yeah, that, I guess that's possible. Uh, well, I, I, so really it's kind of a the, – the case is really kind of wide open. Uh, as in, you know, we don't really have any good evidence. We don't really have any real good suspects. I mean, some people will scream at me for that, but – <laughs> but you know i it's just kind of one of those open i don't know i just don't, i don't see um he could be alive he could still be doing it as in like you know well, let's talk about the letters you know how come he wrote the letters like what do you think were the letters more important than the killing but you know because you say he avoided the media but at the same time he, he wanted their attention by sending them he letters. He knew how to use the media, but I think it's very clear that he used the media when he wanted to use them. And then when he didn't have any interest in them, he didn't have any interest in them. Um, I think that there is some evidence to support the idea that the letters may have been more important than the killing because the letters went on from, what, 1969 to 1971, and then there was a three-year gap, and then some suspected Zodiac letters in 1974. But the actual murders, the ones that are considered to be part of the Zodiac canon, the those murders began in December of 1968 and ended in October of 1969. So that's that's less than a year. And you think about all the attention that the Zodiac has gotten over the years, he wouldn't have gotten that intention, that, that attention if he had just committed those crimes. The, the murders are the uh, capital that the, the Zodiac had to spend, in a, in a sense, to get the authority for his letters to be published in, in newspapers. People wouldn't take you seriously if you just sent a letter to the newspaper and demanded that they print it. But if you kill some people and then make a demand that, that they publish it and threaten to kill more people if they don't, then you're going to get in the newspaper. And since the Zodiac letters continued well after the Zodiac crimes ended, or at least as far as we know they, they seem to have ended, um, I think there is something to the idea that those letters were more important to him. Um, I, I think it's possible that the Zodiac's letters were an afterthought after the crimes. I don't think that he was necessarily thinking about doing this when he committed the first murders on Lake Herman Road. Um, but after he committed the murders at, or the, the murder at Blue Rock Springs in July of 1969, and there was a lot of media attention around it, I think that there might have been a part of him who enjoyed that and wanted to participate in it. And therefore, he sent his first letters, and those first letters were the ones that contained the first cipher that he claimed would contain his identity. And I think he probably got a, a perverse thrill out of watching all of this play out in the media, seeing 
his letters in the newspaper, seeing people trying to crack his code. And then when he used the name Zodiac, of course, that name became popular and he had a persona. And once he had that persona and once he had that power, I think he felt compelled to take advantage of it. And that became the letter writing campaign that merged into his crimes. But after a certain after a certain period, period he may have fulfilled whatever um, desires he and impulses he had as far as killing people and realized that some of these other behaviors were more, uh, they had more of a payoff for him in some way. Um, seeing his name in the newspapers, seeing everybody afraid of him, especially when he threatened to attack school children, um, when he threatened to plant bombs. I think that he enjoyed that to such a degree that he was able to get some of the thrill from that that compensated for not killing. And killing is much a uh, much more risky behavior than sending letters. And the Zodiac was came very close to being captured on the night of the last known Zodiac murder in San Francisco. And there's some speculation that becoming so close to getting caught sort of scared him off from the murders a little more, and that's why he relied on writing letters. But I don't know if that's the case. You'd have to talk to him to be sure. Well, we'll, we'll we have him on the line right now. <laughs> no, actually, um, you know, and and you were on that. Um, you you contributed on that one show for Zodiac. They were trying to solve the code, and um, do you think that the code is even real? You know, the whole. No one's been able to solve any of that, and so do you think it was really that complex or do you think it's just made up well you know i'll be honest with you and your listeners i am not an expert on ciphers by any uh, right. stretch of the imagination but you know uh, david orinchak who has a great website um and has done a lot of work and was on that show as well um i've talked to him about these issues over the years and i tend to think that it's a strong possibility that those ciphers are legitimate but you need to remember, too, that there have been ciphers which have remained unsolved for quite a long time, and then they were solved finally by someone who just found the right way into it. Um, I think it's also possible that the Zodiac's first cipher, when he sent that in, he may have thought that it would take a while to crack it, and that he was giving some people some, some good busy work to keep them uh, occupied for a while. And he may have been disappointed when it was solved quickly. He might have wanted that game to play out a little bit longer and make it seem more difficult. So it's possible that when he turned around and made the next cipher, he tried to make it more difficult to solve, and he may have made it too hard to solve. Now, it's also possible that those ciphers are just gibberish designed to keep everybody distracted and busy for decades. And if that was the intention, it certainly worked. But I tend to believe that there may be something to those messages, and we just haven't found the right key to, to crack them yet. So there was a, I can't remember the name of this cipher, but there was a famous cipher that I believe was unsolved for like 300 or 400 years or something like that, and someone just recently cracked it. So there's hope, and if there is anything in those Zodiac messages, I really do hope that we'll be able to find out what that is, because it's possible there could be some clue in there that could help us figure out who he was, or at the very least, 
uh, contribute to our greater understanding of this entire tragedy. Well, when, when I was working on it myself, I, I kept coming up with Ted Cruz. So I, <laughs> Now, Al, you have to remember, Ted Cruz was not alive during the I first... Know. I know that's not the greatest alibi it used to be. Well, but... that doesn't... No, you see, he was really alive. He was up somewhere and... Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll work on that. <laughs> well, here's one thing to remember. Like I always like to point this out. You know, there was a meme going around on Facebook that the Zodiac killer had come out of hiding just to deny being Ted Cruz. <laughs> oh, poor Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our pleas for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> anyway, I I guess I guess. That it, was there anything else in the uh, show that you thought was uh, notable or different? Well, you know, I, I there were a lot of things that I, I find interesting in the show. One of the things that sort of stood out to me a little bit was um, the idea that uh, so many of these suspects that we talk about, you know, we don't know a lot about what was done to. Uh, investigate or clear certain suspects because we don't have all of the police files available to the public. But there's some indication that with some suspects like Ross Sullivan, who was a big part of the uh, TV show, um, and Larry Kane and some of these other suspects, going through the police files, the FBI files, the uh, files of reporters like Dave Peterson and people like that, um, there's some indication that these suspects were looked at a long time ago and that some effort was made to compare their fingerprints or handwriting and that the results were negative. Um, but it's very difficult for us to say with any definitive finality uh, what has been done with some of these suspects. But it's important to remember that most of the people that are discussed as suspects on television, um, especially people like Edwards and, and others, um, are not really considered viable suspects by law enforcement or by most researchers and uh, people who have studied the case. Well, yeah, yeah, you have to have, again, like I said, you have to have some sort of evidence. You can't just leave it open because they were available at the time and because they had murdered other people. Um, that You know, that's like saying uh, the son of Sam was Zodiac. Well, and I think there's a certain degree of that, that that plays out. Now, you know, there's a theory that the Son of Sam murders were committed by a satanic cult. Right. And I did a lot of research on that, and I even talked to one of the investigators from the Son of Sam case. And, you know, some people believe that. I don't believe that. I used to think that was a very uh, good possibility until I really started looking into it. But the same theories have been extrapolated to include Zodiac. So there was a, a show, Geraldo Rivera show in the 80s called Now It Can Be Told. And uh, Maury Terry, who I know, just the name Geraldo Rivera sparks laughter. <laughs> but uh, there was Maury Terry who wrote the book, The Ultimate Evil, that was the theory that the Son of Sam murders were committed by a satanic cult. Maury Terry then brought his same investigative prowess to the Zodiac case and reached the same conclusion that a satanic cult was behind the Zodiac murders. And it's easy to say that because Son of Sam shot people in parked cars and wrote letters. Zodiac shot people in parked cars and wrote letters. So then you can just say, well, they must be the same. But I think you know that, you know, that is not, there's lots of people who killed people in lovers' lanes areas, including 
Edward Wayne Edwards. But that doesn't mean that you're the Zodiac. And at the same time, uh, this sort of plays into this idea that you can't, that it's that easy to connect the dots with things. And that goes back to, again, what we were talking about with pop culture and fiction and film. The idea that, you know, if you can't answer a question, if you don't have evidence to prove that your, your uh, theory is wrong, therefore it's still valid. When in reality, in order to have a good, solid theory in the first place, you have to have some evidence. So we play this sort of game where someone's a Zodiac suspect because you can't prove he's not the Zodiac. When in reality, it should be the other way around. You should have some proof that he is the Zodiac for us to take that seriously. Because if you look at it from an investigator's point of view, and I'm sure that you've understood this already through your work, that if a person enters into a, a neighborhood where he doesn't live, and he commits a crime, and then he leaves that neighborhood, and the investigators are looking for the killer in that neighborhood, they're never going to solve that case. Because the killer is not part of that community, he's not linked to the victims, you're not going to be able to establish any credible link that will lead you to the killer. So in lieu of a real suspect, we have all these pseudo-suspects, and that's what keeps people busy, that's what people like to talk about, because like I said before, if we limited our discussions to legitimate suspects, we'd have virtually nothing to talk about. And so when we talk about the, the people who've been named as suspects, people whose names are floating around, and you hear somebody saying, well, he's a good suspect because he, they haven't tested his DNA, so therefore he's still a good suspect. That isn't how it works. We're not supposed to disprove your theory. You're supposed to prove your theory in the first place. And so a lot of these guys that we're talking about, Edward Wayne Edwards and, and all these other people, you know, it's, it's entertaining and people find it interesting. But as we were saying at the beginning of the show, there's no evidence to link anybody to these crimes. So in the end, it's really, it's just a, a, a academic. It's an, it's an experiment. It's entertainment. It's that kind of thing. It's not really a legitimate search for the killer. Yeah. That's kind of um, what I think. Actually, we're going to have Carl De Niro on the show. He's, uh, oh yeah, you know him. He was shot by the um, son of Sam. Yeah, and I know that he also he believes in the conspiracy theory. And, yeah. No, I'm not saying that um, that he's wrong. It's possible there was a conspiracy, but my research into it and the evidence that's available doesn't indicate that that's what happened. But when you look at the the two different crimes, Zodiac and Son of Sam, they do seem similar in some ways. So it's really easy to connect those dots. And before you know it, Maury Terry has a theory about a world worldwide satanic cult that's involved in Son of Sam, Zodiac, and all these other things. Yeah. When in reality, the most logical explanation, and I always go back to this, and this might be a good place to leave this, is that, you know, in order to believe the theories that are connected to Edwards and Allen and all these other people, you, you're required to believe a, a lot of nonsense, a lot of things that just don't make any sense at all. But the most logical theory is that a stranger came in, murdered these people, wrote some letters, and got away with it. Yeah. That's it. That's not, a, that's not a convoluted theory. It doesn't require a lot of nonsensical, unbelievable aspects. It's just, unfortunately, 
uh, everyday kind of tragedy. Somebody committed a murder and they got away with it. And that's very unfortunate. It's very difficult to swallow, but that is, I believe, where we are. And I think that as long as people are distracted by these kinds of uh, suspect du jour, um, we're not really focusing on what matters. Yeah. I wonder if Ted Cruz's dad was around. Well, <laughs> oh. you have to let that go, Al. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, there's there's always room for another book. There's always there's always room for another book. Yeah, well, like I've always said, if I decided to write a book accusing Kermit the Frog, I'm sure someone would buy it. Well, you know, uh, we just got to get some links, you know. I, there's a photograph of him wearing horn-rimmed glasses. Well, that's a start. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you very much again. Another good conversation. And Thanks we'll, for having me on. Yeah, we'll talk again. Okay. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.